We running this, let's go. I'm on a boat, I'm on a boat. Everybody look at me, cause I'm sailing on a boat. I'm on a boat. Greetings everyone, episode 7 for Salt Ships and Scuttlebutt. Joining me today is Ducky Shot. My regular co-host, Bex, cannot be on for this portion of the podcast. He does have a segment a little bit later on, but today he's unfortunately working. Greetings to you, Ducky Shot. Oh, nice to be here. Thank you for joining us. Um, so, World of Warships, you've been with the game for a while. I've, I've known you for a long time via Twitch and Reddit, but wh- what brought you to the game? Um, I guess it was 2016, so it have been first year. I wasn't here back in Alpha or Beta. Um, I was building a new desktop back in about May of 2016. And uh, back then, uh, Wargaming had a collab with Azus, and I had several Azus components, and they had invite codes on them, so I'm like, ah... I'd heard some somewhat negative things about tanks from some of the uh, scale model forums I'd been on. So yeah. I was like, ah, I'll give it a try at least and see until this premium time runs out. And that was uh, five, uh, just about six years ago and a few thousand dollars ago. So, <laughs> How much premium time have, do you have left? Me, actually, I bought premium time that first, uh, that was the first time they did like a, ha- a full year for half off. It yep. was in Christmas of 2016, so I bought premium time specifically then. I have never rebought premium time, and I'm still at 300 and some days. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Look, they give they give a couple of days every every month through if you read the news, and if you're lucky at Christmas time with Santa Grace, you get another year exactly. or two out of it. And you get 30 days here and there from like clan battles, and I think yeah, yeah. Hey, look. It, it does reward you if you play the game at those levels. It's hard for some players, so not everyone gets to get that opportunity to do that. Yeah, for sure. So do you do you still buy Zeus products now, Thang? You you hooked me in. I'm never buying your products again. Oh, uh, Zeus? No, Zeus is the main components I put in my computers for the most part, pretty much. I just did a kind of a refresh on my build, actually, this spring and summer and uh yeah i've got an azus 3060 i still have an azus motherboard so yeah no i still buy azus products yeah i I chop and change um for mine i I think the only one i really black bank because i've had a bad bad history with them with gigabyte motherboards those are the only motherboards I, i tend to stick away from but i'm sure you know what i mean you have a bad run with one or two products no matter how good the next one could be you're just like i don't want to go near it no, my last Azus motherboard was kind of that way, but it basically came down to it needed BIOS updates, and yep. it needed like four of them, and BIOS updates aren't fun, but other than that, it was pretty good. Yeah, even my current one needed BIOS update. To be honest, um, most of them are getting better with how they apply their BIOS updates. I know this is going sideways, but it is interesting how the technology has changed to do BIOS updates, I think. Yeah, it's getting better. It is getting better. Um, now... I've been asking this on every podcast from my guests now in Australia. We we call people locally a mate or um, so forth. Do you have a local saying for anyone in your state or region? What state are you from, to be specific? Well, I'm from the province of Saskatchewan. Um, Sam and Sue kiss at the church hall every Wednesday at noon if you want to know how to spell it. <laughs> and, say, that, uh, say, that, say that ten times really fast when you're yeah, drunk. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. Um, as far as locally, no, I wouldn't say there's anything really uh, local that would be to Saskatchewan. I would say kind of more Canadian would be probably Bud. Everybody calls everybody kind of that's kind of the stereotypical. Hey, Bud, I know I, uh, there was another Canadian streamer I happened to be watching one time and uh, they were like, oh, hey, Bud. And people thought he was kind of being condescending to, to them. <laughs> it was like, no. <laughs> so it's what you call That's everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any local foods that are specific to your um, province? Specific to, I mean, everybody wants to, wants to, uh, to tack uh, prairie oysters onto us, but in all honesty, I, I've never come across them or come across anybody that's really ever eaten them. I would say as far as local foods, I guess we would be known for Saskatoon berries. And Ooh, I've never even heard of them. Again. Yeah, no, they're kind of they're kind of like uh, a little bit like a blueberry. I mean, I honestly don't know what you guys have down there for fruits and and yeah, berries we, we and have we, like we have blueberries, strawberries, blackberries, okay. raspberries, all all the main ones. Yeah, so they're kind of like a blueberry, uh, not quite as sweet, a little bit yeah. more tart, but they're good in jams and jellies and pies and strudels and and all that stuff. But they're that kind of more good. native just to Western Canada. Yep. And then the other thing I guess that would be kind of known for local, um, we have a lot of what's called wild rice. And it's, okay. And it's not really a rice. It's actually uh, a grass seed, but it's, it's a, it looks like a rice. And uh, it's, it grows in the lakes up north. So That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I'll have to see if I can get some of those um, locally if, if they're shipped here and um, produced. Produced it's, it's expensive here. enough here. I don't even know. I know what I, what it would be up down there. Ah, uh, even if it's expensive there, you always find those luxury items can be made their way um, worldwide. And look, to try something once or twice, I'm, I'm willing to fork out just to give it a whirl. It, it's good to try exotic yeah. things from different places in the world. I find. Yeah. Ah, oh, but back to ships now. Now, over the journey, you've been here from day dot, so you've probably seen the changes with me matchmaking. Over the over this journey, we have seen many many changes. Now, bring up matchmaking because a few people have messaged me saying, "Let's discuss matchmaking." Um, in the early days, we used to see odd tier CVs. That is, sometimes you used to have one tier six CV on one team, and the other team would have a tier seven or a tier eight, or sometimes even two CVs. Um, mm -hmm. Battleships used to have plus and minus three matchmaking. So Kawachis with double tenders used to come up against Fuzos. Um, to the more recent changes where tier 8 and 9 are not meant to see tier 10 all the time and that seems to screw over tier 6 and 7. Uh, do you think matchmaking is in a good place? Do you think that, that we should... I have a lot of viewers that always ask, why don't they do plus and minus one matchmaking? Do you think they can improve it? I mean, I'm looking at this from a, from a higher skill level and I think matchmaking is in a good spot. Um mostly because I, I know what I'm doing with a low tier ship and most yep. of the ships I end up being low tier and I'm a DD player. You can usually make them work pretty good, but there are some, I do notice some uh, cruisers and such, they can be a little bit more painful. Um, and it's not so much based on, I don't care about the ships you're facing. It's a lot of times what map you're on. Um, that you is take true. an Atlanta out into mountain range and go, go tell me where you're going to go park in Atlanta that's going to be able to farm anything effectively in uh, mountain range. Like No, you either go on the 1-2 line or the 9-10. If you get flanked or spotted, you're dead because you don't have yeah. range. Yeah, and it's just it's so far in between those spots, you know. Mm. Um, 
but it's coming from i mean i don't i wasn't around with plus three matchmaking for for battleships and i i came in after cvs were matched but yeah uh i think the first matchmaking change i remember when i started paying attention was uh them making sure that each nation's DDs were split up evenly because you'd get matches where you'd have, especially Japanese destroyers at that time, you'd have two Japanese destroyers on one side, an American and a Russian on the other side. And yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah, that anybody that was a seal clubber of note would be using the Japanese destroyers at that time. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was super strong, especially for vision with a competent player. That was super strong. I mean, when you think about it, we look at Kamikaze as the seal clubber, and it was a worse Minikaze. Yep. <laughs> like, Minikaze was better than Kamikaze. Oh, the, yeah, if you were here in the early days, Minikaze had the 5.4 detect, but its torpedoes went to 10 kilometers. People yeah. used to... The, the forums would at least be daily raging about the Minikaze and how broken it is, and that was a good change of the boat early on. No, I think... I mean, I don't like there to be too many rules in matchmaking just because it does, as we've seen a few more rules come in, you start seeing the queue counts, like the ships that are in queue. There's there's a lot more ships than a couple years ago when you'd hit queue and get a battle. It'd be yep. it'd be uh, plugging out a battle every 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 yeah. chance it got. And now it's got to wait for two, three minutes a lot of times. I, I don't mind the wait. Um, I don't. I- I'm just... Yeah, go ahead. I, was, I was gonna say sometimes I get frustrated if I'm say I'm grinding something research bureau of a new line I've been doing the German battle cruisers or alternate battle ship line and uh, I'm, I'm in a t7 I, I constantly get t9 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 then you then you wait two or three minutes to get a queue and it's like all t7s and then you're back to all t9s for five or six games it's it seems very inconsistent sometimes to be top tier like when you do it's all it's all mm-hmm. um the same ships or you play your heart out against the tier nines usually in the top three then you finally get to be top tier and your team just presses W dies <laughs> and you finally yeah. get ships you can wreck and the game's over in two minutes. Yeah. And then remember back to, uh, to uh, unbalanced divs where you plus one yeah. minus one for divs wasn't a thing you could take whatever you wanted into a div with a tier 10. I'm sure you can still find a YouTube video where people brought in um, Umikazes against Yamatos and um, an Umikaze just spammed their torps every 20 seconds and sunk a Yamato eventually. Yeah, I was. Uh, it got phased out before I uh, realized what you could do with it, but uh, I do remember uh, going and divvying with a brother-in-law or a cousin and being like four, div- four uh, tiers apart. Yep. Yeah, so uh, with the current matchmaking, if, like you said, experienced players usually excel when they are bottom tier because you realize if you do your damage, your kills, and your objectives and stay alive, you're going to get great XP from it, win or lose. Yeah. Um, but with with the current matchmaking, I really think the lowest tier now is tier 8. Um, tier 8 and 9, especially 9, seems to be the favoured matchmaking. You mainly see 7s, you don't see many 10s at times. Um, it really seems skewed for everyone to play 8s and 9s. So where, where we used to see people sit down at tier 4, that tier 4 and 5 for me seem to be completely unpopulated, even if they are, apologies. But tier 6 and 7 seems to have suffered, and now everyone's just playing 8, 9, 10. 
And it could be with an aging population in the game too, right? Everybody's got the eights, nines, and tens. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is, is pretty much anything that is a different mode, be it ranked, be it clan battles or whatever, it's all up there too. So people have got all their best captains on those ships. So that's what the, they're more likely probably to play in a random battle. That is true. Um, that, that, that is a good counterpoint. Um, as far as I have gone, like especially there's a few streams that I went and I'd play through fives and sixes when I was doing uh, coal flakes and, and whatnot. And I'll be honest, I've never been much of an elitist on tier. I mean, most of my games are now up eight, nine, ten. But yep. I honestly don't mind going down to tier five. I usually don't play tier four or lower than that just because there's there's no benefit. Oh yeah, bot the bots I, I could rage about the bots another day. But <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no there's no com combat and, missions. And the combat missions are and how many combat missions you got important nowadays? <laughs> I think a sometimes lot. I log into a patch and I got like sixty missions. <laughs> yeah, it, or when dockyards start and um yep. and other things. It it can be a lot, especially with Twitch drops, um clan battles come on, even though you can't play Hurricane from week one, it still says that you can obtain them and exactly. the, your combat missions is huge. And then if you have access to super test and things like that, those uh, <laughs> all that it stuff butters it up too. But uh, speaking of a patch, we, we, we just had patch 11.0 went live uh, just this week. And um, <laughs> no, 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 nothing held against this class, but I'm, I'm joyously celebrating two months without submarines. I don't know about you, but no submarines is good news to me. I think we all are. I don't know about all. I'd say the majority of players are. I don't know. Yeah. Submarines are in an interesting spot. They they are, but to give it a to give it a bit of context, I played with um, Crash Crash Steel. He he deals with me occasionally. We played on the Asia server when the patch was being dropped on NA, and um, we we played. And I was running Matchmaker Monitor, and the submarine players on the Asia server were a completely different breed. Um, their damages were huge and their win rates were actually good and they, they were actually some of them were actually really tough to play they just didn't press W into DDs or mm -hmm. battleships they were actually it, it it seemed a very different player skill level on the other server and it took me by surprise that between servers that they would have such a bit of a skill difference there and that's why I say they're in an interesting spot because Overall, I don't think submarines are that game-breaking, and I don't think they're overpowered. However, in a 1v1 situation, they absolutely can be game-breaking for the player on the other end, and they overpowered. Can. And, I mean, but here's the problem, is you've got, I think the gap is so far on, on the ceiling and the floor... It isn't even funny, and, and they're having a hard time balancing that. And yeah. I don't know how they're going to. I, I concur, because the, the silly thing is, if they buff it to the point where anyone can play subs well, but then you get yourself or a super unicorn, or anyone that can then suddenly starts investing time and effort, that they could be like the new CV SEAL clubbers, and you give submarines that are too good to good players and they skew the factor in that regard so it, it is a tough tough middle ground for the developer to take i mean i i don't envy them i wonder if there are some there that wish they wouldn't have gone down this path at this point in time i don't know um but do you know when the first closed beta of subs was 
few years ago. 2019. We're talking it was over two years ago. Yeah. Now that's that's a long time ago, but I'm glad that they're deploying them slowly in all honesty. For I sure. would I would hate to have seen them in live in the early days where people just sail sail up to you undetected and um, just blap you. What to you is the biggest issue with submarines when you're facing them? Oh, what's your biggest being on it? I like playing DDs, and apparently it's been fixed, but I, I've still experienced it. When I'm in smoke, I've got hydro going. I'm not proxy spotted. I shoot, and I'm detected, and I know it's because of a sub. He's underwater, and mm -hmm. he can detect me. And then, then I just get f focused on... I, I don't know if it's been fixed by now. I haven't come across... I haven't played in that situation but even as just before christmas it was happening and it would make me want to punch the screen because it's like i've got hydro um, yeah. i can't detect him and yet he is getting the vision marker on me he's not proxy spotted it's a vision marker i'm detected so you got to get a gun silent and then try and run away from your own smoke yeah no what i find it, it's a it's a spotting issues for me i mean you look at uh, what what are the biggest hot button issues for people I mean, you see radar talked about, yep. you see carriers talked about, which it's usually in context of spotting. You see DD concealment talked about and complained about. It's all spotting. And that's the biggest issues people have. And so now we're getting a class like submarines, which is throwing a major wrench into the spotting mechanics of things. And Correct. it's, it's, it's hard to, hard to, uh, to rectify with everything else I find. It's, it's really hard to counter. I think most people can accept CV spotting because you can see the planes. Mm -hmm. um, DDs, looking at the team lineup you can and the minimap, you can know which DD you come up against and you can use islands and different things like you can launch your spotter plane if you're behind an island. Sometimes the enemy DD leaves their AA on and it, it lights in. Yeah. Like there, there are little tricks and um, things yep. you can do to spot things or engage things. But submarines, when they're underwater, and the first thing you know... If he's really smart, it doesn't even ping you and you just see white line torps on you that F you. What can you do? Yeah, exactly. No, I feel so helpless on that. It's like, you, you get a sub on your flank, it's like, okay, so do you leave this sub on my flank? Or do I try and chase him down, which I might not be able to chase him down because who knows exactly where he is and how he's going to play, how much battery he has. It just feels like you feel helpless. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, I, I wish there was some sort of deterrent with Hydro other than spotting them. But look, they're going to rework it. They're gone for two months. Let's see what they come back with now. Yeah, exactly. Oh, this has been something, when, when I was in the Super Test program, this was my first feedback. On, when the Armoury came out to buy flags, I, I know it's been people's feedback, not only mine, but so many people over the years consumable flags and equipment in the armory it now displays how much you currently own that is a phenomenally good change so no longer do you have to go in and go i need 100 india deltas because i'm running alone and then you realize you, you bought the wrong ones yeah you have to <sighs> chant under your breath as you as you scroll go from your equipment screen to the army india <laughs> yes yes i need 300 of those and then you go, oh crap I, I brought the i brought the india bravo biso 2 oh crap yeah Yes, this has probably been, and it was a one line in the patch notes, but this has been a phenomenally popular 
popular change. If you haven't seen Durek, um, he's a CC on the NA server. He streams from um, EU. You should see his reaction in one of his clips where um, he he twigs that it's there. He's absolutely gobsmacked. <laughs> It's it's a phenomenally it's look that, that that for me most people within six months they'll forget there was even there but for the longest of times we've been we've been um, living with that but hasn't it seems such a simple change but it's good that it's there yeah that's that's one that's high visibility those little quality of life changes that are just like you notice them that tells you how qual- how much quality that quality of life change has like it. it it's frustrating for veteran players or players that play the game, but being a new player, even if you're a teenager and adult, you'd go in there and you just go, it's common sense. Why aren't you showing how much I currently own? Like if yeah. I'm in a supply and inventory, that would show how much I have and how much if I've used and how much I have to re-get. It, it, it's just, just a simple bit of math and showing that data. I mean, how long ago was it that they started showing... Um progress markers on your missions at, at the end of a battle yeah yeah that, that, that was, was probably within about a year ago or something like that that was that, you that, don't, that was you a don't big think change. about it anymore no no oh look i, I should bring that up uh, for another podcast but how combat missions have changed you probably remember when there yeah. used to be three that rotate once Daily. you completed them you had to wait three days or a day to get another one and yeah they, they, they've changed over the journey but also this patch we see a new vessel the hms incomparable i haven't gotten it yet have you um i've played i've got the steel um i haven't got it yet um i've seen plenty out in there it's i've I've played a lot in um testing and on on stream when um it was it was announced and on the um i got a youtube video of it and it is a lot of fun it is a boat i am going to be definitely picking up a lot of people seem to be in agreement um it's not your traditional battleship because of its weak armor but with 20 inch guns it can wreck other cruisers in a flank yeah no and in testing i uh definitely saw its usefulness and whatnot i'm i don't want to go in too much on uh on that of course but as Looking at it on paper, it definitely has some cool little tools. Um, do I, I don't think it's going to be like a, a competitive level type battleship, but it's definitely got tools that make it unique and fun. Definitely. I, I, I agree. doesn't mean that we may not see it in comp play. Um, some people may try. Some people may make it work, like I'm um, putting it yep. down a flank, like an Henri max range type thing. Um, but uh, weak armor and lack of heals, like you only get three. So it's got some it's got some weaknesses, but I don't think you'll make comp play either. But it, some people may make it work. You never know. You never say never. Yeah. No, I got ADK steel uh, burning a hole in my pocket, and I'm not going to buy FDR, and I'm not going to buy Shikishima. So it's like, what else am I going to buy? So I'm, even if I don't play it much, I might as well go and get incomparable. Yeah, I, I bought the FDR. I haven't played it yet. I I'm not one of those people, but it's sitting in my port currently rusting. But this patch, we we finally see a, a new tech tree launch again. It's it's early access. Another another unique token. <laughs> I don't even know what this one's called. I'm still waiting for unobtainium one day. Um, yep. The Pan Asia cruiser line, uh, rapid firing, deep water torps, and smoke as you go up the tiers. What what do you think of this line? This line, I actually never did end up playing. Uh, much at all in testing 
Um, I've seen a lot said about it. I've seen it a lot in battle. I. It seems like it's going to be one of those lines that I don't think a lot of players are going to do really well in, but I think it's got the tools that give it a good ceiling that a lot of players will find um, how to make it work. I agree. There, there seems to be definitely some tools, especially if you division with a Vision DD and a yes. BB backing you up. If you can hold that middle ground, you get the Vision and you, someone can't push you because you got a big bad um, BB right behind you. Um, yep. it, it's, people are going to get some massive damage farming, especially those deep water torps. If anyone like a cruiser or a BB pushes you, it's going to make it interesting to them. But have yeah, seen... take a Ragnar with you. Oh, Ragnar, sm smelling still my my love. Um, R Ragnar is um, a lot of fun, but if if you really want that vision, yeah, I suppose Ragnar bumps someone, pops radar, and the um, it, it just will absolutely wreck. Or just let them come into your smoke. <laughs> oh, you wish. Oh, yeah, the Ragnar in your smoke. The, I suppose you could do yeah. two DDs. You could have a shimmer out there um, spotting for you both. <laughs> if you really want. We won't say hey yet there, but the shimmer cars, eh? The shimmer cars, yeah. eh? Um, we also see a return of Brawls this patch. Do you play that format? Do you enjoy the format? I love Brawls. I've, I've loved them ever since they came out. Um, I was very sad when they when they nerfed the uh, earnings on them and no longer yep. gave them 2500 and 250 because they were, they were, uh, they were a quick way, way to farm for XP and other things. Yeah. We exploited them heavily. <laughs> I'm sure oh. you were in some of those divs as well. Yeah. And I do that in clan battles. Currently you just stack up flags and you farm your free XP. It's a quick way to make a million or 2 million free XP per clan battle season. But brawls were even quicker because it was nonstop. You could just do it game out. Games yep. went for 10 or 15 minutes. And normally most clans I've been in doing brawls with, we'd wait for an hour or two into the session and then yep. we'd start. And then you're starting off at the bottom of the totem pole and, uh, it oh, would uh, make for some a good quick idea. farming. Yeah, that, look, bra brawls are very popular. I think um, we're seeing some different tiers. From memory, we're seeing tier 5 for the first one. Yep. So and I think, what's the other one, tier 7? Uh, could be 8, I think. What is it here? I had it up, and I clicked off of it. Brawls. There yeah. we go. Eighth brawl. Yep, two v two, tier seven. Two v two. We haven't had two v two. Two v two at tier seven. Yeah. With a battleship, only one battleship. One battleship, but um, oh, I could see lots of synops. But to be honest, if I was to pick, I'd suddenly say Shan horse, not because of the guns, but because of the um, torpedoes. Yeah. Um, bit of armor, and I would then actually say a torp reload Shiritsu, or something like a Jervis or a Hydar, like a bit of a gunboat or torpedoes, but I love the torp reload Shiritsu, because if there's a stationary static BB, you can just go in close and wreck him. I'm looking at this game map, and so we don't have two brothers on it, so... I must say, playing Brawls and two brothers, that the meme has worn thin. The meme yeah, is it's fine the first two nights, first two battles of the night, but then once you get into like sixth, seventh, eighth battle, it's like okay. Especially, especially with CVs, it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. But yeah, the brawls. We get we get a new season of ranked. Um, currently still T ten, but the new season of ranked will go back bronze, having I think T six and seven, silver eight and nine, and 
gold will then be back to tier 10. So if you're looking at resetting your lines, um, it's a good way to advance through those regrinds through ranked. And the new season of clan battles um, starting in about three weeks. Tier 10. No CVs. Nakamov, I'm blaming you. Um, so yeah, 7v7, tier 10. Hopefully a different set of maps. Repost, I don't really think, was a great selection. It made some interesting games, but I think it was Here's a great Here's the thing, selection. though, on Repost, it's, it's a small map, but how many more um, forms could we see Repost in? They could change the spawns. They could change the, the caps. They could make Repost into... A, a very different map with a few different I, variations. I, I agree, but we, we haven't seen that for a long, long time. Like, remember the old hotspot where you used to start at the northwest and south um, west Two corners? Lines, yeah. And everyone either used to go north at, or um, you'd have the home cap and then you'd send a fast flanker over. It, look, sometimes it's you can do a lot with the map by just changing it over. And, like, we don't or see maps like. Or putting multiple variations in the same season. Correct, correct. Even having sometimes the same map and you're having different spawn points for all of them in rotation. Um, right, because if you took, took Hotspot and you take the current spawn and then you took that original spawn and put both of those into uh, into clan battles, it would change things up quite a bit just for the, even that one map. I, I agree, I agree. Um, or you could even do something really tragic and just put in um, um, Domination... Uh, mode as per a normal random battle with a b and c <laughs> and mm -hmm. watch teams start from the corners and how they progress there like it it would change things up by just putting those map placements so let, let's hope they do something because clan battles gets very stale very quickly um and i think maps is one way and they could do it on a weekly basis same maps but just different um win conditions one thing that would, I've always thought would be interesting is if they would designate a specific map to each, like, say, 15 minutes of time in the block so you know what map you're going to be dropping into. Yeah, but that, that will lead to over-optimization of teams, I, I feel True. like. You'd True. know that I'm going to get hot spots, so we're going to plan this, this, and this, and um, it... It would, yeah, it, it would be good, but it also would lead, lead to min-maxing for certain maps. Um, I think that. But would then you would see different ships being used that probably wouldn't be used because they're not as good of a utility ship. Correct. There, there might be something that you take out on Hotspot to YOLO. You, you might take out a Kleber to YOLO, seeing its current form with the Smellant or yep. Ragnar. Or, whereas on, if you got Mountain Range, if that was rotation, you wouldn't take it. Or, uh, you, you know, like at the moment, everyone's picking a generic lineup that works for them that could work on multiple maps. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, Overall thoughts of the patch, though, in any they they finally fixed secondary and AA mount bugs, and people were complaining to my to me in my stream the other day saying their torpedo mounts were being incapacitated. Not only the Schliefer, but it's like I haven't had torpedo mounts destroyed for months. It must be a bug. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I was I was prepping myself. I figured there was going to be a lot of uh, salt and rage on the forums and Reddit about yep. people's uh, Schlieffen on how uh, terrible the ship was after a month of how awesome the ship was, but I haven't really seen too much of that yet. No, I think people have come to terms with it. Um, you still see people press W and die in Schlieffens, um, but overall, 
like I, I'm up to the Ruprecht at um, uh, tier nine, and I'm, I still can be aggressive or kiting, and I still have enough secondary mounts live throughout the game that the the line itself doesn't feel weak. Yeah, I actually I where did I free XP from? Because I just wanted to get the tier ten for the the flakes, yep. and I'd played enough Ruprecht and uh, Zeiten in uh, in testing that I thought, nah, I don't really need to play them. I did enjoy yeah. the the Zeitan was interesting. I I wanted yeah. to play that ship. The Zeitan I actually liked. Um, the T seven, the Heinrich. I, I, I had a love hate relationship with it. In some games, it, the accuracy of the guns frustrated me, and the range of the secondaries. Because again, being seven, and I seem to always go up against nines. And at the time of release, I'd always see lots of Rupreks and so forth, and they, they would start secondarying me a lot longer before than my secondary so i never got to see the best of the boat when it came up against lower tiers so i was mm -hmm. glad to get rid of that Alrighty, and if you're unaware people have been asking about the grosser kerfirst and haberosk um their removal date from the game it is with um patch 11.1 so that's roughly about four weeks from the patch this last drop of 11.0 so if you're grinding for the kerfirst and haberosk to get them before they're removed into the armory now the preussen and the dalny i know a lot of people are currently grinding their tier nines so they have enough um XP banked up to unlock them on day dot, and it's roughly about 240k for the BB, something similar, a little bit less than the DD. Do you think, um, Ducky? Yeah, I think so. I think that sounds about right. Haven't seen much of the new vessels, I, I so it will be interesting to see how they are received. So we'll, we'll watch that one. That will be something to watch for the next patch. Now, in more recent um, thoughts or dev blog news, we saw something really interesting. So we've had super ships thrust upon us at the same time as submarines, super ships having different caliber guns, different um, different interactions with other vessels, and they're, and they're, they're playing around with artillery and so forth. And um, and I find it really odd that we finally get some super ships with gun characteristics. Mind you, none of them have better AA, but then we get this concept of super carriers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what were your first thoughts when you read the words super carriers? My first thoughts were, I see enough uh, doom and gloom about super ships and carriers. Why did we match, match the two of them together and go this direction? <laughs> The super Nakamov. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's coming. Um, they're, they're, to the, be honest, what's, their, what's the Russian uh, Navy's current uh, carriers right now? That's probably what they're going for. Oh uh, no, we'll get we'll get some uh, yak fighters on them. Yeah. Um, to, to be fair, there's little in-depth detail about loadouts or other perks. We've they've announced the UK one and the American one. Um, that seems so we. The they seem to be a hybrid where you still get your three different types of loadouts, rockets, whatever, skip bombs. It seems they're going away from HE rockets. If anyone gets HE rockets again with the new animation, I I'm just going to call bias because um, the Soviet line, even their premium, didn't get um, rockets. So Yeah. Um, but yeah, there seems to be a little depth about the plane loadouts, except the consumables are going to be similar to hybrid vessels, and these will launch uh, jet planes. So they're, they're quick across the map, but very quick. They have a decent hit point pool and a quick strike. 
what, what do you think this seems to be the the, the perk at super carriers that they have um, these strategic um, consumables that can launch so if you've hit something something's isolated you want to get another DCP you can do that across do you think that's a good way to go I mean it's not really much different than a main battery reload booster or even a torp reload booster so I mean sure why not uh, a f- quick follow-up strike uh, that seems like a good way to go with a carrier I'm as always my concern is the spotting always the spotting yeah, they've touched upon spotting in recent months about talking about having uh, a spotter, spotter consumable, much like a fighter aircraft, and then um, having a f- different consumable for actual fighter aircraft. So it sounds like mm-hmm. they want to rework that because I, most people use the fighter aircraft for spotting now because yep. they're useless. Um, you deploy, yeah, you can put them into a build that latches on instantaneously and does things, but that's a specific build that uses up a lot of captain points. Um, and yeah, you're going back to like the old RTS Bogue build where you got to build for your, you got fighters or you got attack aircraft. Like you basically don't have any in between. Correct, correct. So m- most players in general, unless, it, unless it's clan battles and they're specifically trying to negate enemy CV, most players will use their fighters to spot spot for the team spot for yourself you drop it just at seven ak's near a target and they're lit and um your team's going to shoot at them um it, if they can rework it where there's a spotting aircraft um that will do that job but if the fighters when you actually drop it will latch within two seconds would make it more enjoyable because i drop a fighter and the enemy enemy cv can fly out speed boost out of it and then he just sits there flying around for 60 seconds and he goes like they really need to do something a lot with that fight fighter mechanic okay beyond beyond uh cv dropped fighters what about ship fighters those are even more useless in my opinion especially with the russian carriers i have yet to see a fighter lock on to a russian carrier squadron basically at all they they won't because the fight the it's it's one of my bugbears. Apologies yeah. to those listeners that enjoy um, CVs and especially Soviet CVs. Soviet CVs have the capability to drop their full alpha load at range. Um, yes, they have a weakness that if you're silly enough to f your planes out or launch in such a way that you're in the long range AA, you could potentially lose your entire squadron. But um, it doesn't happen that often and the only defense as a surface vessel is maneuverability i'm not saying dodging maneuverability because <laughs> a on a surface vessel against soviet aircraft carriers is useless you might take down a plane after it drops or a plane before it drops but um i had a game recently I think I shot down, it was on stream, 80, 80 planes for a Pabita, and he was still launching full squadrons. Mm-hmm. So, what, what do you do? Uh, my issue that I raised in the Privateer Discord in the last week or two, when I raised this issue, I said, how come CV, like I'm talking the ship fighters for a CV, not the dropped ones, they latch on better than any other surface ship. Why in the world is there a disparity there? Yeah, I said, I've said I found I find fighters on cruisers and battleships to be completely useless. There's they, no reason to run them. 
There isn't, and even if you do run them, um, you launch them, if they do lock on, my, my frustration is they have a 60 second uptime. So if a car is dropping you, for example, on first pass, he, and he hits, he, he gets four torps off your evade and whatever, yeah, he's going. But if your fighters do lock when he flies over, it might shoot down two or three planes, and then it lands straight away. So he could have been yeah. up for 10 seconds. The minute your fighter does a pass, it disengages and lands. And when I worked that out years ago with the new rework, I was like, what the F? They're meant to be up for 60 seconds. Who cares how many passes they do? It should be there for 60 seconds. Yeah. Make them more aggressive. Make them maybe stay in that circle, not chasing after things, but make them more aggressive and make them stay there the whole time. Yes, and rather than super carriers, I know this is a, um, a bit of a disclaimer, we need super AA because uh, it, interacting with most of the other CVs is workable. Um, it, uh, it doesn't mean I enjoy it, but uh, coming up against Soviet CVs, it, it's a joke. You, that, you might as well pick no AA because that, that's about how effective you are with a full AA build. Yeah, I don't know of anybody in in the clans that we're playing with and against and things like that i don't know of anybody that uh, advocates for any aa skills really at all no because it, it does nothing and that, that, that's my biggest concern with super carriers because the animations look great i love the the um the planes the animations i love the rockets i to be honest i wouldn't even mind playing them to have a go at it but if i'm on the other end if i've taken out my new incomparable shikashima or if i've got my worcester or minotaur if if these super ships are coming in at 300 knots and drop their load and my AA is going putt, 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 oh, look, you did a 1,000 damage to a 5,000 hit point plane and it's just wrecked you with its super strike. Like, yeah, what what fun is there for that? Yeah, especially, yeah, because it's going to be able to see, what, tier 9? Yeah, tier 9, tier... Well, we... I, I assume... Hmm, I haven't seen Imagine being a Buki out on the flank, doing flanking, kiting things like you should be. <laughs> Imagine being and, then a... the, and then the super carrier says, no, you're not doing that. Imagine being a Torp reload Yugamo, or even worse, imagine you take out your favorite Benham that has questionable AA and you get caught out. But yeah, an Ibuki, yeah. um, a Brindisi that has short range AA. Like, <laughs> if, if, I, if I'm in a Soviet CV... I know I bash upon them. I apologize again, not really. Uh, but if I see Brindisi or Venezia, they're just food because you can you can drop at four or five Ks and the AA is not even touching you. Yep. Uh, so yeah, my biggest thing about um, Super Carries is what will there be to stop the strikes? How will we combat them as players? Do you think the other super ships have uh, that little bit extra? Do you think they're unbalanced in the tier 10 games that you've seen them in? No, because they all still have some sort of armor weaknesses or using their consumable. They they all seem to have um, some weaknesses, like the Yamigiri. Um, I, I like DDs. I've been playing it. It's, it's bigger. It's concealment's a little bit worse um then other t10s like the shimikaze and other things so it, it's it's a risk versus reward boat yes you've got standard torps you might use early but then you've got oh, does it have deep water still um i can't remember i honestly haven't played any of the super ships wargaming's gotten me to the point where i've just kind of gotten burnt out of testing everything on live servers so yep. i just play my stuff what you, what you <laughs> want to play last time 
last I think I saw someone play it and um, they had they did the F3 8Ks and the other one was standard torps at 20Ks on the Amigiri so I don't know if they have to deep orders anymore but e either way it was interesting that you could have two different load torpedo loadouts and mm -hmm. some some of the gun interactions for Naples and Conde were really really good the Hanover Satsuma seen them i'm not really impressed with their gimmicks for me they're just if i'm in something like a tashkent or um, something i'm farming damage in they're, they're just food they're, they're big hit point pools that you yep. can just get damage off yeah i found the battleships are you dodge them like any other battleship it's to me it's not any different than a thunder or a yami or a shikishima Correct. the only super ship i found myself actually respecting was the annapolis yep so, so but again, we'll see. They're interesting. They're interesting. It'll make it... Um, I'd like to see where they're going with that in time. But we'll see where they go. Um, but also also that they informed us, Hornet and Yorktown, Tier 8 USCVs. There's no real details currently. Um, my personal hope is that we'll see one as a premium and the other one as an alternate tech tree line. Uh, doesn't mean it has to go straight to tier 10 for the longest of time we had an alternate tech tree line for the japanese gunboats they went up to the akazuki and that was it so i'm hoping that um hornet and yorktown one's a premium one's a tech tree and people make why do i want to play tech tree that doesn't go to a 10 but I, i'd hate to see both of these released as premiums yeah i mean yeah i don't know what to say about that because normally when you see the artwork coming from them if they've got a nice nice perma camo on them that typically means they're premium i although True. have we seen a picture of the yorktown i've only seen hornet only seen hornet um they, they could have very different loadouts probably skip bombs or other things but uh, yeah it, it will be it will be interesting yeah no i mean contrary to popular belief because who knew that somebody that uh starts an anti-cv movement of consisting of several thousand players would be uh, not anti-cv but i'm of the opinion that i i am enough of a history buff and i think cvs should be in the game especially historic ones especially like hornet and yorktown um i don't agree with the way they're balanced in the game but i think they should be in the game i know i agree with you there i think they should be in the game because <laughs> In the Second World War, the naval conflict, it, it showed a lot of people that battleships were obsolete. The CVs ruled the skies, and um, they should be in the game, beyond a doubt. But it's the balancing of um, these classes with yeah. the previous... I find that sometimes there's a lack of balance for a new line compared to an original line. Some lines have stood the test of time, like US cruisers um, do pretty well. Des Moines, but yeah. Des Moines, even leading up to them, some of the boats, even the Worcester line. Um, but some of, like the Zao, the Japanese cruiser line still can play quite well, but it's starting to get very long in the tooth. I played to ship Zao last night. Did you have a good game? It was actually. Yeah. I got a high caliber in it, so and stay oh, That's nice. I, I I find it um I still play this out. I still sometimes get good games, but I, I starting to find that with the abundance of twenty inch shells 
kiting and sometimes angling if RNG says I'm just going to touch it, it looks like it's hit your smokestack or it's hit your your booty oh look you just took a citadel <laughs> like uh, yeah. it's it can be frustrating in that regards because no matter how skillful you are at avoiding enemy shells like you can't evade RNG yeah no yeah when I saw Hornet I was like hey it looks good it does <laughs> Now, another boat that actually did take my fancy, the IJN Maya T7 Heavy Cruiser. This one will be a premium. If you've got the um, Otago, Takao, um, ARP Maya, you'll, you'll know what this is like. But instead of, it's got 4x2 203mm guns. The tier 8 equivalent has a 5x2. So it's a similar to um, that boat. It's got a shorter range torpedoes. Um, 8Ks, but higher damage. It's got different AA values, but but it gains access to the main battery reload booster as a consumable, which allows a captain to fire two salvos in the space of one regular shot. I think from um, so that that one that one will be quite a good boat. I think as a tier seven. What do you think? I mean, talking about uh, ships that have stood the test of time, Otago is still one of the highest rated uh, premiums in considering it's, it's pretty age. much the original premium ship to the game. I think it was re- put in the game in the re- uh, replacement of Kitakami when it got removed. It did. It but, didn't have a heel in the early days, and once they added a heel, it became super strong. Yeah, no, so I think the uh, the Togo class um, <clears throat> are quite strong. I think they still got a good place. Um, I enjoy- I play through the Japanese cruiser line quite a bit. It's one of my regular regrind lines. I usually pick one that's fairly relaxing to play yet isn't competitive that i need the tier 10 sitting in my port for clan battles yeah so i play a lot of miyoko and i play a lot of uh um what's the mogami and things like that. mogami the, the 155 millimeter gun megamis with um I, I, do i still i can't remember if i run ifhe but I, I love the megami the miyoko some some of the original good kiting cruises yeah. in the game and if maya has basically that exact same uh format and everything scales to it like it does from from the otago i think it's gonna be a great ship at tier seven i i think it for t7 it will be a um a fantastic ship um as as long as it has a good turn radius for kiting you yeah. are gonna you are gonna lose concealment as a module you just go lighthouse you just go lighthouse build and do full rudder build yeah you do full <laughs> rudder build i can't recall if it comes with a heel i thought it did but I'll have to wait and see, but I, I think overall... Uh, good concealment, high speed, HP pool, well-armored deck, vulnerable sil- citadel, main battery reload booster, repair party, and fighter consumables. Yeah, and well, then FA f- or Hydro. It's Hydro. F- fighter, if it doesn't yeah. have a spot, but the, the, the fighter's just going to wave a white flag as he tries to avoid... Yeah, no, the fighter is stock. You're not changing the fighter out with anything as it currently stands. You're stuck yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, also, for uh, the next patch, they, they mentioned something, um, the Blimp Air, Airship Escort mission. Um, similar to the Convoy mode, ca- um, carries on. I, I, I like the Convoy mode that was in there. Uh, the, each team gets a Blimp that they've got to escort. It's The Blimp is invulnerable to damage. Uh, the wing criteria is to move your airship across to its route, so you can either defend by sitting in a circle and moving it, or attack the other one, destroying ships and then sitting in the circle and delaying its moving. Um, 
what are your thoughts? Do you think this is a type of game mode that we need? Did you enjoy the convoy mode and what this potentially will bring? Well, I'll tell you what my first thoughts were when I saw it. My first first thoughts were very pessimistic, and I was thinking, okay, so they tried to fix the convoy mode, and the convoy ships were still getting, they couldn't fix the path, and they were still getting stuck on islands, so they just decided, let's just do convoy mode where we don't have to worry about islands. (laughs) (laughs) But convoy mode was so, as the attacker, if you had players that went down the one line, and they were out of the game, or they just yoloed and died, you could still win by just destroying all the convoy ships, and I actually thought that was... A, a nice thing and that made the gun game a lot of fun so i think convoy I, mode was a little bit unbalanced towards the attacking team so the fact that both teams have basically the same thing they've both got a, a target to escort i think that's going to make it a more balanced game mode and uh, should be more interesting yeah we're seeing the return of asymmetric battles in 11.0 in um, a couple probably just over a week um now having that in that convoy mode where you had two less attackers or two more defenders maybe of um and the attackers being maybe a tier higher could have been a good compromise as well mm-hmm. yep um i didn't bring up asymmetric battles I'll, I'll do it now what are your thoughts on that format um i haven't looked at it a whole lot did they do any changes to asymmetric battles compared to the last time um last time i, I didn't play i, I didn't play i i, 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 I didn't I, either I did a couple where I was the low tier. Early on, it seemed okay because the higher tier team seemed to be uncoordinated. But towards the end, if you got to be a higher tier team, someone, sometimes people would um, bring out a really bad high tier boat. Like if you were a tier 8 and the other ones were a tier 5 and 6, someone brought out a DD or a cruiser at tier 8 that was gets blapped straight away. So you, you suddenly Senior. down the boat. Like you can't pick your teammates and what they what they bring, and when that happens, I, I just get frustrated and I get I go back to randoms. So yeah, because it was what tier eight and tier five six or something like that. Yes, yes. And now we're tier nine and ten versus tier seven and eight. Yeah, tier seven and eight. At least you get a little bit of access to radar, good smoke, good good some you CVs. That, yeah, tier five and six people used to bring out arc rolls and would throw them up against kids and get deplaned. But I mean, again, the second that, team, if you're bringing Cossacks and things like that as your as your DDs, you could uh, you could definitely uh, make them work. You definitely could torp reload, but um, not torp reload. But um, you could definitely get some good good varieties in there. But we'll see how it goes. Um, we didn't see. Do you remember? It's meant to be late last year. We're meant to have an Axis and Allies event. Haven't seen anything from that. They haven't really mentioned it since it got pulled. No. No, I haven't seen anything on it. Because, yeah, that, that's something I've been watching out for, but that's just really, really gone quiet. I, I just wish we had brawls. I wish there was a brawl, like, every two weeks. Just one random night of the week. I, I, I could live with brawls every second week. Um, I think if they have it too often, people get blasé about it. For me, that's ranked at the moment. I still will rank out silver, or even sometimes if I'm really up for it, I'll push into gold but rank used to be something i I would grind and farm for and just make time and do because i I enjoyed ranking out but now it's just like it's ranked it's time gated um i've I've got very little interest in it now i'm getting some steel and it's it's just lost its luster and I, i feel if they did that with brawls it would go down the same path possibly 
That's why I was thinking if it was on a different night, like just a random night of the week, because then it's not like every Saturday night or all of a sudden there's a Tuesday night and there's usually nothing going on on Tuesday nights or something like that. But yeah, I, I agree with you on, on Ranked. Um, the only thing I ask is please don't put brawls and clan battles and some other unique event all on the same <laughs> night. I remember one time they, they started off with Ranked, they had clan battles and um, they had the brawls all running at once. It's like... There's just too much. Would, like, yeah. would, you put three or four hours into clan battles, then then you play ranked, and then people want to div up for brawls. It's it's just for people that like doing a lot of content. I suppose you could pick and choose, but if they were giving one-off achievements for each of them, and you're a collector of achievements, it, it was just a phenomenal amount of things to try and get done. Yeah. No, I like the old rank format way better because it was basically okay. I've got five, maybe six weeks, and I've got to get through a hundred. We're gonna to have to play about a hundred battles, and you could decide when you're gonna play them. Now Correct. it's like, no, I've got to play this many battles per week to keep keep up there, and it it, it gets to be a grind. It's and it, it's not, it, gets... it doesn't feel like a challenge to me either because I don't go to gold at all because it's gonna to require too many too much time and games out of me, and make me feel like make me feel like the game is a chore. So I stay in silver. And even then, sometimes it's like end of the two weeks comes and I'm still scrambling on the Monday night to get I'm, done. I'm not even going to talk about the gold. And so one of the reasons is among among certain folk in the game, there, there are there are gold league legends. People that get to gold, they shouldn't yep. play gold. And these people say in chat, I'm here for the steal. And they will press W and die. And you've got to do everything you can to try and win the game and to consistently get them on your team in gold it's like why do i bother um it's it's a, you know they, they want to get the rewards but they don't care that they fail at the game they, they don't care if they do 400 games to um get their max amount of um steel from the gold league it, it's and there's no way for them to be down-tiered, and it, it's coming up against them time and time again. It, it just sucks the will to play the mode. Are you talking some of these gold legends that uh, might make their way onto uh, a Jingles video or something like that? Uh, potentially, potentially. There, there are there are new Gold League legends. Okay. Um, some some that just... Into, <laughs> if you've played Gold League or even Silver when they're progressing, you'll know what I mean, where they go into all chat going, enjoy your free star, as they're in the Shikishima and press W down the middle of the map. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's great when you're on the other team, because, oh, look, they've lost a boat in two seconds, but if you're on the team that that player's on, it is absolutely infuriating. Yeah. Um, because you're on the back foot you can still win I've, I've won even with those players on the team but you've got to your team's got to play well or you personally have to really carry hard and yeah i think ranked probably they're happy with the format but it's it's just sucking the life out of any fun of playing that mode yep no 77 on those maps i i enjoy that but as far as just the grind every two weeks it gets a bit much. Yeah, and it's it's 38 stars or something like 35. The old ranked format, as you said, was 100. Now, here, here's a food for thought, though. Boats are apparently balanced, including CVs, for an optimal 12v12 format. So what happens when you put them in a 7v7 format? Then you put tier 8 and 9 together and call it good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it, it's interesting, interesting. But... 
I must say thank you to Ducky for joining me on today's um, podcast. Um, it's been a pleasure having you. Hopefully we'll get to have you on again in time in, sometime in the future. Yeah, appreciate it. Okay, so moving on to our next segment, we've got a special guest. Uh, Hold My Beer from Yolo Clan has joined us. Now, Greifer isn't available because it's uh, we're recording this at about one in the morning Australian time, and I think it's uh, it's about nine in the morning in the in the, in the east coast of the US. And uh, and Greifer, if anyone knows Greifer, everyone's watched his stream and seen his webcam. He definitely needs his beauty sleep. Uh, so uh, so it's just going to be me and uh, and Hold My Beer. Welcome. Thanks for coming to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. My pleasure, mate. We've got you here because um, there's a uh, there's a tournament coming up, which your clan, or I believe you're the driving influence behind. But before we get to that, I'd just like to know a bit more about, I guess, yourself. How long you've been playing WoWs? Uh, what uh, what's what's happening with YOLO? Because I mean, I know there's a yeah. couple of clans that are a couple of clans in uh, that make up YOLO. Uh, yeah, give us a bit of a brief history. Yeah, for sure. So. Um, for myself, at least, um, I first started playing World of Warships in fall of 2015. Um, I, I think I had some. I just started my master's program in school, and I'd completed a lot of uh, the work for my program, and I just had a lot of like hurry up and wait time. So, in that spare time, I just I think I googled warship game or something played it for a few months and then school picked back up and I, I dropped it and didn't play anymore. Um, I think it was 2017 when I actually got back into uh, WoWs and I, it just so happened that I had three of my other good friends that were IRL friends that also started playing with me at the same time. And as a joke, sort of, we, we saw the clan tab clan tab came up and we started a clan and we named it after the password for our arc survival evolved server that we had <laughs> um and and yolo started and uh we've grown obviously since then but uh yeah that's that's how i got into uh boats and into the clan scene there um how YOLO and YOLOW are doing right now. I'm the leader of YOLOW right now, um, which is the top level clan in the YOLO community, although YOLO has been giving us a run for our money this season. Uh, both of us, both of the clans are Typhoon. Um, we're hoping to finish top 30 with YOLOW and A this season. Um, things are good. I mean, I've been in the game for so long that there's always these ups and downs and people coming, people going. So uh, just I mean, more of the normal part of that business, but I think vibes are good, and uh, I enjoy hanging with those guys a lot. Yeah, well, uh, look, I've got to say, I've encountered uh, YOLO plenty of times in randoms and uh, and clan brawls, and uh, and always formidable to come up against in clan brawls, especially when you're playing with randoms. Uh, it seemed to always give me a hard time, and uh, but but more importantly, I've always been. Like really good to play against. Like they, you know, there's no toxicity, no toxicity, no, you know, no, uh, the smack talk that comes is is you know it's in good it's good natured, um, and uh, and I think that's um, I think that's a, a good example to set for yeah you know, other clans out there. Yeah, I, I'm glad you have that experience. Um, obviously, I mean I've I've been around the block a while. I'm active as leadership. 
Uh, I think I would label myself as maybe too nice of a guy sometimes, but I think by extension, that personality and that vibe uh, reverberates uh, throughout the entire community. I mean, I just, this how people who hang out here have grown to be, and I enjoy it a lot. I, I think the guys are really great. I, I think, in, it, I sometimes wonder in WoWs because there are so many people that are, and yeah, for lack of a better word, potatoes that play the game. There, there becomes a lot of elitism in, in World of Warships. And which is kind of weird to me because it's got a quite a mature age group that play the game. Uh, so I, I don't really know where it, where it comes from because you, you know, generally speaking, the more matured players don't tend to be that way. But um, it's, yeah, it's always good to come up against teams that you know, have, a, have a good-natured sense of humour about it. Uh, we're, not, you know, we're not playing for big stakes after all. However... Uh, Big stakes are possibly on the line here because the reason we've got you on is because there's a uh, a clash of the classes season three competition coming up, which I believe you're the driving force behind. Yeah, uh, we're really excited. Um, touching back on YOLO and all that we've got going on, the clash of the classes came into existence uh, because of the YOLO community. Uh, for a while, we we kept doing these little fun in-house in community for fun events and they, they were kind of ridiculous and just for fun but to kind of give people a break from the normal humdrum clan battle randoms ranked scene um and then december 2020 uh we were planning another event and i was thinking to myself you know what i'll, I'll invite some of our friendly clans and we pitched the idea to them four versus four battleship only and people started going crazy and like it was it was almost like a little match and like the fire took off like people started saying like can we donate money and like all of a sudden we had a thousand dollars prize money and i was like what the heck is this so here we are um we're here for season three um we are supported by wargaming Wargaming has very graciously given us a lot of the prizes that will go towards the podium placers. Um, also, uh, we we're, we're, our team is our mod team is pretty large, and we're hoping to be able to give people a really great experience. Well, I mean, it looks like a great opportunity. Uh, I, I've I've actually organised a couple of tournaments myself. I used to play on the SEA server once upon a time, and. Um, and uh, before I switched to NA, we organised a couple of tournaments over there. We got some more gaming support, you know, with steel and coal for prizes and things like that. And it was, and it was really successful and a lot Did of you fun. You get steel? You gotta tell me how you got some steel. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just asked really nicely. <laughs> okay, I'll keep that in mind when I talk to Boxy Dust. Um, it, I, I don't know if it's different in SEA, but they actually they gave us twenty thousand steel for the winners, and I think it was twelve thousand steel for the second place team and and there was you know some pretty big coal prizes and what have you for third fourth and fifth and what have you so um but uh they it's funnily enough they, they did it in the first season but they weren't too keen to do it for the second season like word got out we started you know promoting it on reddit and things like that and and i had na uh mods reaching out and saying wait a minute you got twenty thousand steel and i was like well dude don't blame me I, this is what the sea mods gave us so I, I didn't have anything to do with it, but anyway, it only it only went for two seasons because because you know, we transferred service to NA and and I know what goes into it. Like it's a lot of work, and um, and I've seen you know the the preparations you guys have made with the you know with your you know, your various um, 
uh, promotional stuff you've done from YouTube videos and you know all the information that goes into it. It's a, it's a lot of work, and I don't think people really appreciate how much goes into it. So, uh, hats off to you for that. Um, I one thing I was really curious about is um, now you call it clash of the classes. I've got to say, on the surface of it, I thought like that says to me that there's going to be different classes of ships. But has it always been all battleships? It has not. For season two, we actually included destroyers and cruisers in the same format as we have battleships right now. Um, one of the, I mean, we might have this written on our mission statement page. I forget if we did or not, but we plan to change the tournament between each season to keep things fresh. And essentially, yeah, the the I agree with you that the name could be a little, little misleading. People could come in expecting certain classes of ships, but we're just following what the people like, and people really love battleships. It's really evident on the uh, feedback surveys uh, for what we can see. All right. Well, I just want to point out that Grifer has made me made me ask the following question: uh, okay. <laughs> What are the chances of a clash of the classes season where it be like four battleships versus four submarines? All right, so technically, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, something we're doing new for this season, which we're actually kind of excited about, is I'll try. I'll give a little bit of background to try to explain this to not make people freak out that we're doing this weird modifier stuff. But we're planning for three of the regular season nights to give all the teams that are participating a couple options on potential modifiers for that single regular season night of play. And some of the things that we were suggesting, like you just made a crazy suggestion there. I think the only way that would work is you basically give people freedom to like switch to an entirely different class. But like, for instance, we were suggesting teams could bring instead of one battleship, they could bring one destroyer and like it's at increased point cost or something like that. Um, and the reason that's not, super competitive though because it, it's really variable but part of how we're getting around that and we hope to make things really fair and fun is as long as people play a minimum of two regular season games uh they will make the playoffs the play the regular season will just dictate the seating and where people fit in on the playoff scene okay i hope and that makes sense yeah yeah no that makes perfect sense I, I i am curious to know what your expectations are like now obviously i know you've got a point system so that people can't just say okay we're going to take four yamados in um so there's limitations you'll have to you know, lower have lower tier ships in there have you i mean i i'm guessing there's going to be at least one or two yolo teams going in uh, any ideas about what sort of uh, ship selections are going to be made and, and what sort of tier variants there will be from from your top tier ship to your lower tier one? Yeah. Um, so uh, we have a new tier point system for this season. We had a tier point system for season one when we had Battleship only, and something that was really funny is a lot of these teams, the meta, eventually boiled down to people min-maxing so they kept bringing the Mikasa, the tier two battleship, and then they'd bring like two tier tens and a tier nine to mix and match. Uh, we we changed things around a little bit where teams could bring a Mikasa if they wanted to for season three, but everything tier five and lower costs the same. So theoretically, a team if they have to, they they would bring a five. I guess you could bring a Mikasa as like a 
a really low detect battleship for capping, but whatever. Um, but yeah, so we have a new tier system. Um, what a lot of what we've been seeing is teams will settle on something that's like three tier eights and a tier seven, I think. Um, people, we have seen some tier tens. I'm excited to see what Schlieffen does. I, I think uh, that'll be pretty fun. Yeah, in a, uh, I, I, format. Well, I imagine there'll be a lot of secondary focused ships. Uh, yeah. And, and considering that, uh, I, I guess all of the like those new German battle cruisers from tier eight, nine, ten are all very effective secondary <laughs> ships. Uh, they, they're going to be popular choices, no doubt. But then, yeah, I guess things like Massachusetts will still make a will still have a place. Because of the, um, you know, they're they're a good fire starter, and those you know, those German BBs are susceptible to that. Yep, the uh, Massachusetts has been a staple uh, for our tournament for some time. Um, I'll also mention as an added constraint, which I think people really enjoy. Um, we have a requirement where teams are required to bring a ship of each nation, so we aren't going to see groups of four German ships, for instance, uh, which kind of adds to the the intrigue as to what people are able to bring and what they decide to bring. Yeah, interesting. Okay, that that does change things up a bit. So you won't see teams with three masses. Nope. Okay, very good. Although it's funny you say massa because I'm looking at the we had we conducted our uh, beta test on Tuesday evening. Yeah, and somebody filled out a form and all they kept responding was. Let us bring four masses. Let us bring four masses. Let us bring four masses. <laughs> Which I'm still laughing about. Very good. And uh, any limitations as far as gameplay? Like, uh, what about uh, you know the use of mods and what have you? Yeah. Um, obviously, we're not going to let people cheat. Um, they oh, are able clearly. to bring uh, wargaming approved mods. So Aslins and Mod Pack, I think, are the only ones that we allow right now. All right, and I guess um, I, the one thing, and I, I, just for those unaware, uh, the competition runs from February 4th through to February 12th, uh, and I, I'm assuming these are going to be running at sort of prime time North America times? Yeah, um, it will be. Um, our tournament is play as you want. Um, technically, teams could sign up and play one night, get what they want, and that's it. Um, in order to participate in the playoffs, we ask teams to play in at least two of the regular season nights out of the four regular season nights, but we really try to set things up so it's it's casual. Like People aren't signing up to play a second job during this week, um, and hopefully that'll add to the fun factor um, for teams. Yeah, nobody wants to be locked into anything, do they? Um, I, I guess the, uh, the other big... Uh detail that people want to know is what are the rewards what do winners get yeah that's a great question um right now so uh well i'll start by saying the top seven teams will each walk away with a ship a premium ship in their pocket um i think we have it right now that the top placing team gets a tier eight ship um second and third place get tier sevens Fourth and fifth get tier sixes, and sixth and seventh get tier fives. I think I said that correctly. Um, we also have a lot of rewards that are given away uh, to those who do not place on the podium. 
Um, we have fun nights, which are just kind of, we get into training rooms. Um, I've got two of my uh, mod team guys who are really excited about this, but they're just in charge of uh, ha- silly games in the in the training rooms. Uh, one of the nights, I, I shouldn't be like spoiling this too much, but I'll just mention, um, it's going to be racing themed. The entire night is racing themed, and they have like all of these honey names for these maps that they're writing up. I'm excited. That's what we're going to kick off the entire tournament with is uh, one of these fun nights. So there'll be nice rewards there. Um, And then we also have opportunities for people just every single game they play will essentially be a ping pong added to a raffle where they're able to walk away with doubloon prizes for that. Wow. Okay. That sounds pretty good. And yep. and so and wargaming have come on board with the premium ships. Yeah, that has been a nice. That's been a big help for them. Yep, they are supplying that. Okay, so just to be clear, so the it's each member of the team that will actually receive that that reward, like a tier seven yep. ship or whatever it may be. Yep. Wow, that's actually a pretty good prize. Mm-hmm. And for and and especially when you consider that it's a tournament that's running for you know basically about a week. That's not yep. a, it's not a huge time commitment either. So it's a good casual fun way to go about it. Yes, um, we are. The history of this tournament is funny. Uh, for seasons one and two, we were completely donor based. Uh, we just kind of said, "Hey, do you guys want to throw money at us?" And and people did. Um, for this season, we are half and half. Uh, Wargaming is given given podium surprises, um, but we also have been getting donations from just people who are interested in advertising themselves and uh, promoting this tournament and what it what it's all about. Uh, I One thing I forgot to mention is actually last night we had another donor come in and based on their donation, we made some amendments to the first, second, and third place. The first, second, and third place teams on the podium will also get doubloons as well. And that information can be seen on our reward sheet, but I just wanted to mention. So this being season three, who were the victors of season one and two? Um, that's a great question. Um, Which you're not prepared for. <laughs> yeah. Um, the first season... Wow, you're quizzing me and I should know this. Um, I want to say it was like I push. Um... And so, second season, I'm not recalling. So these are teams that are formed of like uh, from multiple clans, or are you seeing a lot of clan representation? Um, it's a lot of it. I would say most of the teams are from a single clan, but we have seen teams that come in mismatched from different groups. We've even had groups come in that are all unclanned and actually perform pretty well, which I think is pretty funny. Yeah, well, in that four v four format, it's a bit like the you know those three v three clan brawls. You know, anyone can win. You know, it just takes one yeah. person to make a mistake, and it can turn the whole tide of a match, can't it? Yeah, um, I've I've very much enjoyed when I'm on for these nights and just watching all the casters broadcasting all these games. It's a different way of playing strategy, and there's it's very much more ephemeral. They're only ten minute games. But there is strategy that goes into it, and we have seen epic comebacks. Teams down like two ships or something, but they manage to isolate the enemy and work them down. And yeah, so I mean, it is it is what it is. 
I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the casters because I saw you've got some uh, some pretty uh, pretty well-known names casting these matches. You've got Lord Zath on there and uh, Fragmentation and a few others. Uh, and uh, I, I'm guessing that's a, a volunteer position. These guys have just sort of put their hands up, happy to help out. Yeah, uh, we are very, very grateful uh, to have these guys come and cast for us. Um, a main goal of ours we, we're a fully casual focused tournament. We're not here for the ultra sweat mode, grinded out vibe. Um, some of these guys coming into this tournament, they've never been in a tournament before, and having someone come in and cast their games can be the highlight of the tournament. We know this, and we really appreciate the casters coming in and really uh, doing what they can to increase the experience for the players themselves, and anybody who just for whatever reason, couldn't participate, they're still able to join in as well, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, it's um, it's it's yeah, it's one thing to participate in a tournament, but to be able to go back over Twitch and and look at your the hero moment you pulled off and and hear it called by Lord Zath or someone else, that's a that's a pretty cool thing to be to be doing. So I'm guessing it'll be it'll be streamed on Twitch and YouTube as well, yep. or not? Uh, Twitch, yes. Uh, there probably will be a lot of videos that will make their way to YouTube. Um, we probably will make a best of the tournament YouTube video as well, and that'll find its way to YouTube as well. All right. So now, at the time of recording this, uh, I think it's what the fourteenth or fifteenth of January. So there's, there's, it's a few weeks before this actually kicks off. Uh, so uh, when does, um, when does, when do signups uh, finish? When can, yeah, when can people? Uh, register for the tournament before being you know, locked out. Yeah, um, registration will close February second at at midnight Eastern. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And how do and how do people register? Where do they go? Um, they are able to sign up with uh, the links that are found on the Clash of the Classes Discord. Yep. So we'll, and and I'll, we'll we'll make sure to put a link uh, for that in our description for the podcast when it goes up. But yeah, carry on. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, through a link on that, um, we have a handy little uh, web page that shows all the pertinent information on one page as soon as you jump into the Discord. And uh, is there something on the WoWs forums people can look up? Yes, um, the NA forums, I think it's just NA forums, under the player organized contest tournaments and giveaways, we're the number one post right now. All right, fantastic. Well, I reckon that about covers everything I was curious about. Um, I don't know, do you have anything um, you wanted to add that I've sort of maybe missed or gone, or not really shone a light on? Um. Not that I can think of. I, I really appreciate uh, you guys taking the time to come and chat with us, and uh, I wish you guys the best on this podcast. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Look, I, I'm looking forward to watching it. I'm always. This sounds like a really fun tournament. Um, you know, we get a, we get a bit bogged down by uh, the seriousness of clan battles and uh, and yeah, ranked obviously just you know does people's heads in so having a um uh, i guess a no consequence sort of competition uh, competitive format is always good fun that's why brawls i think are so popular as they are <laughs> so uh yeah really well done on that really uh, really appreciate the effort and uh, i wish you nothing but success with it we'll be watching with interest thanks for coming in yeah
Thank you for listening to the podcast today. If you do have any feedback or suggestions, you can reach out to myself at Gryfer or Bex underscore 07 on the official Wales community discord. You can um, find us on the email, which is in the description for this podcast, or you can find me on Twitch with the details in the podcast description as well. Take care out there and we'll see you on the seas.